Next on BYU Sports Nation, love is in the air, and we are giving out Valentines to the Big 12 football games we love the most. And is Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark handing out Valentine cards to Pac-12 teams? Dennis, probably not. Dennis Todd from CBS gives us the latest in expansion talk. Hey, there's a first for everything. Why not give out Valentines to all the ones that we love the most? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, February 14th. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man I believe still is making a Valentine's box each and every year. Is that correct, my Jeremy kid, Jordan? Yeah, my kids did. Um, yeah, I, I was never super into it. Uh, Are you not a Valentine's guy? I know uh, you're not a Halloween guy. Uh, I, I, I think I'm more Jehovah's Witness than uh, member of the okay. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on some holidays. Uh, but yeah, no, I like holidays. I just don't particularly like <laughs> Halloween and Valentine's Day a ton. Halloween used to be more ghoulish when we were kids. Yeah. Now it's like Marvel superheroes. It's like cute and fun, you know, and not, it used to be like a different vibe. Also, my birthday's the day before, so I felt like it butted up against that. that. Impacts I don't it. know if that, uh, you know, Chris, you have two weeks from your birthday to Christmas, which is nice. Um, I have a buddy that's like three days after. I'm like, Oh, you probably don't get double the presents, you know? But Christmas is awesome. Halloween's fun, too. You get some candy. It's, eh, it's great. I was just always shy with the whole uh, romantic thing as a kid. I'm like, eh. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that applies to most little kids. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like I love sharing love. But Valentine's Day, what, what says love like an overpriced box of chocolates and some ridiculously expensive flowers? Yeah, yeah every day is Valentine's Day in my house. Like, I don't <laughs> know, every, every night's family home evening. Um, every day is Valentine's. Uh, every day is Mother's Day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We've Special got... days are awesome, too. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's not like I ignore that all year and then suddenly honor that topic. Hey, we've got free Valentines for everyone today yeah. in the form of our show today. Yes, uh, coming up on the program, Big 12 Valentines. Our, our top games, one through nine, that we love. Uh, Dennis Dodd from CBS on the latest Pac-12, Big 12 stuff. Expansion talk. Uh, Pac-12 issued a statement yesterday. There have been so many reports about stuff. They issued a statement. We'll read it for you. Nope. The latest NIT bracketology against our will and the top five Super Bowl <laughs> games featuring a coog. Here are today's headlines. BYU football, 62nd in the Bill Connolly SP Plus rankings heading into the 2023 college football season. Number 62 qualifies as the lowest of the 14 teams that will compete in the Big 12 next season. Keep expectations low like we talked about, let's go. Men's volleyball moves up two spots, number eight in the ABCA poll after two wins against number 14 UC Santa Barbara. Cougars play number two UCLA in LA for a pair this weekend. Number eight. I think we both said we thought number seven would be the highest this team will climb. Just maybe. Just they go, they go a little bit See higher. See what happens this week. Alicia Mamateo and Alexa Udam of BYU Women's Golf currently in the top 25 after 36 holes. At the San Diego State Classic, BYU ninth place out of 12 teams so far, but there's still time to move. All rise and shout. It's time for a Valentine's edition of What's Trending. Ah, uh, yes. Don't we all love football and BYU football? I do love that. What's Trending presented by BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event. It's time that we share some more love, Jerem. We've been waiting to do this for a while, 
And I can't think of a better day to do this with love as the theme mm -hmm. because we are sharing with all of you which Big 12 games that we love the most. And just to set this up, we're going to alternate our lists. So, Jerem, you'll start. You'll give your number one. And then if I'm a little bit different, then we'll talk about well, I would why say you that are a little bit different. ranks differently. Okay, so... Anyway, we'll go from number one through number nine. You yeah. lead us off with your most loved game in the Big 12 football schedule for BYU. What if I told you it was just the nine games in order? Would that be weird? Or Yeah, that's not my order. Okay, number one, the game I love the most. Okay. October 28th at Texas. Really? Just a return to 2011, 2014, the big kahuna in the league in terms of brand, the future SEC team. I love the game at Texas. Now we know... Texas and Oklahoma are out after one year. Uh, this will be fun. We can play all the hurdle highlights of yep. Taysom Hill that our hearts could desire. Last time BYU uh, played there, they won. BYU leads the series 4-1. Yeah, let's go. That's my, that's my favorite game. That's the game I love the most. When you go with Texas, it's hard to argue based on the history that BYU has with that team. You're 4-1 in five games against Texas. There have just been some iconic moments, right? But it's not number one for me. It's the other big-name program that's one and done in Big 12 play, and it's senior night on November 18th for BYU hosting Oklahoma. That Giving Oklahoma a November 18th game in Provo is quite the send-off by the Big 12 to, to send them to Lavelle Go to Stadium. the all-loud on the Western front in this case. I've said this before. I feel like this will be an emotional experience to the max for BYU fans who have waited for so long for the ultra-meaningful November game. It does not get more meaningful than Oklahoma and their final Big 12 road football game in Provo on senior day for the yep. Cougars. It's just we've been waiting forever for something like this. So Oklahoma is my number one. When it happens in the schedule, obviously the cachet they bring in, they've never been to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Both games that BYU's played against Oklahoma have been in neutral sites. I wish that they were sticking around for another year so BYU had a chance to return to Norman and BYU fans could experience that road trip. But, hey, I'm not going to complain about a home finale against the Sooners. They're going to see what are called mountains, uh, which would be very <laughs> exciting. I had Oklahoma number two, so what's your number two? My number two. Okay, and I get that people are going to be like, huh? I'm going with Kansas because it's the first Big 12 game. And I'm rating these a lot on just, like, the experience as a fan. Talk about emotional experiences with senior night. The first Big 12 game for those BYU fans that make the trip out to Lawrence, that's going to be something special. And I like it because I feel like it's a winnable game for BYU to open up Big 12. I would too. hope so, Spence. Yeah, September if it's not, 23rd. we in trouble. September 23rd in Lawrence against a team that started last year 5-0. Kansas kind of created some buzz. They, Coach Leipold they is quickly doing a great went downhill. job. You know what, Kansas, Kansas, I feel like is right on par with BYU. I feel like it's a fun, intriguing, even matchup with BYU being on the road. On par? We would hope BYU is ahead. If they're playing, they playing at a neutral site, maybe. Or in Provo, for sure. But on the road, Big 12 opener. Kansas had one good year. We're, all, we're, on the same, we're in the same plane as Kansas? Hey, 
Uh, I'm, not, I'm not alone. We stink. I'm not. SP Plus has Kansas as a better football team than BYU, too. Yeah. No, no, no. They're expected to be better, obviously. They used to be the dregs. They could quickly become that. Uh, they have a good quarterback, Jalen Daniels. But when Jalen Daniels got hurt, different team. They were not great. Yeah, Jaren they Hall, lost. When a he bunch. got hurt, BYU was a different team, too. <laughs> yes. But BYU, he was still playing, and they were still, the, you know, they won four in a row at the end. Kansas did not do that down the stretch. They were terrible in the last half. Uh, I have at Kansas number three because of those reasons. Um, it's the first, yeah, it's because it's the first game. Okay. Um, and it's a winnable game. Like, when you think, what are the games that BYU can win of those nine? Kansas is clearly one of those. Winnable game. And on the road. Like, on the road, that's probably the most, eh, at West Virginia, you'd like to think is the most winnable. But I wonder about motivations in November. What's the record? Um, long travel. What time is that game? When did BYU get, like, there's all these things, right, with the, the East Coast and whatnot. So, we'll see. But at Kansas, yeah. Plus, there's, there's some, uh, you know, revenge factor there from the 92 Aloha Bowl. Aloha Bowl. Excuse me. I pronounce it like the city in Oregon. The, the Aloha? Aloha. Aloha Bowl okay. in 92, which is like the only football game that Greg has had to miss for a non-basketball reason ever, by the way. One of his kids was born that day. Oh, well, so, that's a, I guess that's yeah. a reason that makes it work. And he was sidelined um, <laughs> that day. But anyway, okay, what's your number three? Number three, surprisingly not Texas. I'm going with BYU's home opener in the Big 12. Again, I based my list on experiences for fans. Like, the electricity of a Friday night Big 12 home opener. All right, Ben Franklin. Cincinnati, back in Lavelle, we're saying, but this time as a Big 12 foe. And since he's, man, they've done a really nice job over the past What have they years. done? They've been incredible. <laughs> so they, they bring in what I hope at that point is a – a national ranking. I hope they're nationally ranked, and it's under the Friday Night Lights, and BYU's got them for the Big 12 home opener. The Cougars run onto the field. Hopefully they've got some, in the uh, pinings of Dave McCann, some jets to fly over the stadium. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen on a Friday night, but we'll see. Has Dave confirmed that yet, their jets? No, he has not confirmed that yet. He will soon. I'm hoping, I'm hoping their jets. that BYU is 3-1 when they open up home Big 12 play against Cincinnati. What if I told you they will be? I would. They love will that. be! I would love that very much. It's a men's warehouse guarantee, Spence. Yeah, home opener for me. Yeah. Great, great experience. Mine's the same. Oh, number four, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Friday night, conference weekend, home opener, Big yes. 12. Fantastic. going to be electric. I have Texas at number four. So the biggest difference we have on our list thus far is you got Texas number one. Yeah. I got Texas number four, probably because BYU and their fans have already had the chance to make that trip to Daryl K. Royal Memorial Stadium twice. But not in the same league! But not in Let's the same go. league. And it's a, it's yeah. a finale. But Texas still number four, very high on my list. Austin's going to be a great trip, great food, great culture, great game day buildup. That'll be a lot of fun for fans to attend on October 28th. All right, who do you have at number five? At Oklahoma State. This is the regular really? season finale. Um, I, I'm surprised myself that this isn't higher. Um, uh, T. Boone picking stadium. Like, this is going to be great. They, OSU is sitting there when Texas and Oklahoma leave as kind of that incumbent, bigger dog, right, that's consistently top 25 and interesting last year, just 7-6. and six, But, like, they're pretty good, right? BYU's got a, some revenge sure. from uh, sure. not, not only Tangerine Bowl but Fiesta Bowl okay. in 74 and 76. So I haven't played since uh, your boy Gary Shiny and Gifford Nielsen were uh, suiting up for the Cougs. This game is uh, lower on my list. I'll tell you the specific number in just a moment, but – I'll tell you the reasons I don't love this game as much as you. I don't love that BYU has to play at Oklahoma State a week after they play Oklahoma. I think that's really tough. 
and it's Thanksgiving weekend, so it loses a little bit of luster for BYU fans to be willing to travel. I don't think that the turnout is going to be quite Welcome as high. Welcome to meaningful November games, people. Like, I know. Like every year on Thanksgiving weekend, you're going to play a game that matters. And BYU might be playing for bowl eligibility. We hope they've already secured it yeah. a week or two or three before. But there's a chance they've got to win this game to make a it, it scares me a little bit, which is why I don't love that game as much. I also wish that Baylor were in that spot. And that's impacting why Oklahoma State's lower on my list. Sure. But if I told you that BYU wouldn't have Texas or Oklahoma but got Baylor, it's not worth it to me. I, I'm, I'm happy with sure. the schedule because no, I just trade Oklahoma. We State got for Texas in Oklahoma, and uh, after that, it's gravy. Because guess what? BYU's going to play Baylor almost every year. I just want Baylor in the rivalry weekend. I feel like it just would make so much sense, and the base is already there. I don't care when a game is played anymore. Like the the hey, this game needs to be this week for the. Re- doesn't matter to me. It's just at some point. Just play the play game. Yeah. Play the game. And uh, let's be honest, let's play them earlier so that weather's not a deal in that. I, like when you play in Provo and a, there's a bunch of snow, it just changes how you can execute. What's stuff. weather like in Stillwater, Oklahoma in late November, I wonder? Or even in Waco, Texas, for that we, matter, if BYU were playing at Baylor. We're about to find November, out. Right? Um, Hopefully it, better than Provo. <laughs> yeah. They're not at elevation <laughs> like, like this. Yeah. So the game, it kind of scares me a little bit. I. The stadium's beautiful. I've been there. I'm scared game, of like seven or eight Ooh. of those games. Like, okay, <laughs> this, this is big boy football. Let's go. My number six game after a bye week at TCU. That's that's me too. Okay, so yeah, we're, at we're exactly the same. Is that the defending run- national or uh, runner up okay. in, the, in the country? Crazy, right? No way there is good. Definitely a, a, a game that hey, you can go in there and pull off an upset, but hopefully BYU is the TCU of the Big Twelve, and they uh, yeah obviously don't like the playoffs. Crazy. But make a run and be competitive and win eight plus. Yeah, Mid, middle of the pack for me. Yeah, number yeah. six. Yeah. BYU's played that. They've been in that stadium a few times before, but again, not as a member of the Big Twelve and At- not coming off a, a season where TCU was in the national championship game. What's funny is uh, we'll get used to this, but just acknowledge if we had at TCU on the schedule this last year, we'd be like, oh, that's like the third or fourth best game. And we're like, oh, it's number six. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, that's, I, and maybe we love Arkansas more than some of these. Uh, I do. I, I'd put Arkansas in the top four. At Arkansas? Top yeah. four on the schedule. Like, to, I, I haven't thought about it, but like, this is pretty fun to just be like, yeah, this team is the seventh worst game on the schedule. Yeah, listen to And the, it's a great game. Like, it would have been seriously. top five. Four traditionally. For that, BYU. That's incredible. Bring up a great point. Yeah. Like at listen, the places BYU is going: Arkansas, Kansas, Texas, West Virginia, TCU, Oklahoma State. It's awesome. So much. Fantastic. Fun. Okay, what do you got? Number seven. Seven. I have Texas Tech. Okay. Yep. Home, home game. Home Oct- game. October twenty-first. Yep. Okay, I've got Iowa State. So okay. a different home game, but in November. I'm, yeah. And I'm probably putting more stock into meaningful November home games for BYU. Let's see, Texas Tech. BYU and Texas Tech have played one time. I cannot recall when this one time was. It, was it in the 70s? Okay, 40s. Okay, if it, it was pre-Lavelle. Yeah. Yeah. There are some weird games where you're like, sorry, what? BYU opened the 72 season with Kansas State and BYU won 13-7? Or so, there's just some weird I can't wait for the open. Texas Tech, BYU, a matchup 80 years in the making. They've waited for years. The Robert and I game. (laughs) Yeah, the the Mike Leach game. Okay, so we alternate different home games, number seven. At Oklahoma State's number eight for me. I have Iowa State. Okay. Yeah, which Iowa State had its uh, kind of flash in the pan COVID year there. Your boy Brock Purdy for a couple of years did nice. Um, Yeah, they were good, but 
they've traditionally not been that good. Outside sure. of, like, Brock Purdy, not great. Maybe Kansas will say that. Outside of Jalen Daniels, not great. And let's be honest, they weren't that great last year. They were just way better. Yeah. So we're like, oh, maybe they're, that's a tougher game than we thought. Because, like, eight months ago, we would have been like, oh, uh, Kansas, automatic win. Easy. Uh, Keaton Slovis can play left-handed and win that game. No. That's going to be a game where it's like, okay, you got to show up. I just realized I don't think I gave you my number five, Morgantown at West Virginia. Oh, at West Virginia five. Why do you yeah. like that one so much? I just you, you like, love like uh, raccoon hats or something? <laughs> There's Davey, <laughs> Davey there, there are some storylines at play here when Keaton Slovis returns to West yes, Virginia. Yes, there are. Jam. I believe he doesn't like West Virginia, <laughs> if I recall a certain clip from last year. He played in the backyard brawl and yeah. won it as Pittsburgh's quarterback. So I I and I like the trip <laughs> into a unique place. Morgantown. It, it's a it's a different place, and I like it. You can say that about any city. Right. Uh, yeah. So Morgantown. Also, I want to visit the home state of our friend Chase Fisher. There you I, go. I've never been to West Virginia. My sister lives in West Virginia. I got to go at some point. You know. Yeah. I hear it's beautiful. I hear yeah. it's an incredible game day atmosphere, and I'm sure they're going to be super welcoming to Keaton Slovis. Yeah, I, I think they'll be very cordial. <laughs> Extremely cordial. Yeah. That's why, That one's right in the middle. Uh, number nine for me, Texas Tech. What you, what you have on the bottom? At West list? Virginia. At West Virginia. Just this is a game design. If this does game wasn't on the you. schedule, I'd be fine. Really? Uh, yeah, it's just whatever. Just, okay, cool. Check that box, West Virginia. I see. I'm a fan of longer. It's a more winnable trips. game. Yeah, and I like that too. On the field, I but like that, that field too. just happens to be a long ways away from BYU. So that's a that's a long road trip. I think BYU's record is going to be decent at this point. I think November is where BYU butters the bread on the season. Okay. Because I think BYU gets off to a nice start with at least two and one, right? And then you get into league. You have at Kansas. You have Cincinnati at home. There are a couple of games that. You're hoping you come out and win both those games, and you're like all of a sudden four and one early and probably ranked, um, and then you get some tougher games, right? But if you walk into November and you've if you've got five wins or four wins, it's like okay, you got to go two and two to get to a bowl game. Or if you go three and one, now you're interesting. You're seven or eight wins. So I, I think November's going to be real critical. Uh, what a fun list to put together. We uh, don't hate any of them. Um, I love all of them. We love yeah, all of them. Absolutely. We just different Especially measures today. of love. Yeah. Uh, we love, love, like love, children. continued love in the spirit of Bronco Mendenhall. I, t- I <laughs> tell my children, I love you no matter what, but I like <laughs> you a little more when you listen, just so you know. Okay, uh, so my nine games, one through nine. Um, at Texas, my favorite, Oklahoma, at Kansas, Cincinnati, at Oklahoma State, at TCU, Texas Tech, Iowa State, at West Virginia are my nine. Okay, and uh, my nine from one through nine. Oklahoma, at Kansas, Cincinnati, at Texas, at West Virginia, at TCU, Iowa State, at Oklahoma State. That game scares the heck out of me after playing Oklahoma in late November. And then Texas Tech rounds out my nine. That's beautiful. It's good to be in the Big 12. I love it so much. It's good to be in the Big 12. Our question of the day. What is your one true Valentine (laughs) on the Big 12 schedule, a.k.a. the game you love the most? Greg Romano on Twitter says, We've got a couple of dates that BYU has enjoyed a little bit more than Oklahoma, but now it's time to meet mom and dad. <laughs> what? What? Casey's okay, gone on a couple of dates with Oklahoma too. Yeah. No? Okay. Got to meet mom and dad and the rest of the family at my place for the first time. Mom and dad are Texas and Oklahoma. Bringing mom, in the bring, bringing mom and dad to Provo. Okay. If Oklahoma doesn't like it, well, that's okay. After this date, we can just be friends. It's true. Going it, to the SEC. In fact, no matter what happens, it's like they're the breakup's going, inevitable. You're, you're back at home for the summer. And there, you're going to different colleges <laughs> that are far away. 
<laughs> Weigh in, hashtag BYUS yeah. on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Check out BYU Basketball Smart Pub tonight, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Greg Rubel, the coach, and all of the assistant coaches look ahead to Santa Clara and St. Mary's this week. CBS's Dennis Dodd, college football insider, and he's discussing everyone's favorite subjects, conference realignment, expansion, and the battle between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Who's the number three conference? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Live in Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Yesterday I spoke with college football insider Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. On topic, conference realignment, potential Big 12 and Pac-12 expansion, and how much money are the Big 12 schools really going to get each year in their new TV grant of rights contract. This is Dennis Dodd, one-on-one on on BYU Sports Nation. Dennis, how would you explain your life as a college football insider following expansion over, let's say, the last decade? Yeah, that's when it started, about 2010. It uh, Well, having gone through what I did then, I will tell you what went through my mind on July 21st, 2021, when the news broke that Texas and Oklahoma were going to the SEC, I just said, my life is about to change. And it did (laughs) personal life, professional life, time constraints, because it's not just, it's not just that piece of news. It's what it does. The waves that come out, like you said, realignment, every other conference, the speculation. I have, I have this overarching thought about realignment, Anything you write can't be wrong because someday it could be true. Um, <laughs> you can just throw anything out there. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, when when USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten four time zones away, then then anything's possible. Wild to say the least. And you reported last week, and we believe it to be true in the moment that the Pac-12 was looking seriously at adding San Diego State, SMU. So from a Big 12 standpoint, if you're Commissioner Brett Yormark, who says he's open for business, is it in the Big 12's best interest to go after SMU and compete for the Pac-12 in that regard or just be blatantly open to poaching from the current Pac-12? No, SMU is not in play. Um, You know, there's significant question of what SMU brings to the Pac-12. Obviously, the Big 12 is already in Texas. They don't need SMU to get a recruiting base in Texas. They're good there. They had a team just play for the national championship. So no, SMU is not in play for the Big 12. For the Pac-12, I guess you can make the case that it gets them into Texas for recruiting purposes, but it wouldn't be the first time that warm bodies were added to a conference to, to to, you know, to provide content, to provide inventory. That was the case, I think, with with Missouri in the SEC. There was no logical connection there. They needed, who was, I'm trying to think who the other team was. Oh, that was A&M. A&M, they needed to round out the conference at what was then, I think, 12. And Missouri made sense. Uh, since then, Missouri has lost its its center, its recruiting base, its culture, but that's another that's another Zoom for another time. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Pac-12 is zeroing in on those two schools because it has been told to the, to do the deal at once financially. It needs to add inventory, and so by doing that, they go from seventy five games offering annually to ninety games. Now the question then becomes: 
what was the value of the 10 if you have to go to San Diego State and SMU to get to get you know the money you want? Um, I can't answer that question right now. I think it'll come out. But I think it explains where the where the Pac-12 is right now. They have uh, whatever, for whatever reason, how they've handled this, uh, the value of the conference is significantly lower than they thought it was. Uh, at one time, uh, there's industry scuttlebutt out there that they themselves threw out a number of 500 million. Hey, we think we're worth 500 million to like an ESPN, and they were laughed out of the room. Um, you know, 50 million as a as a base price for schools that just lost USC and UCLA is ridiculous. So it's less about, to me, it's less about if they get the same number as the big 12, it's about visibility. It's about sustainability at this point. And I think Brett, your mark in the big 12, a, a lot of this now is just sitting back and waiting for some of these schools to shake loose and maybe get nervous and call him and say, Hey, we don't have a deal. We're significantly down the line. We're not, we're about to go to 16 months before our contract expires. We don't have anything done yet. Do you have room for us? I, I think that's his play right now. Do you feel like any specific region of the Pac-12 is more likely to depart uh, based in the conversations you're having? If uh, Are there schools, is it Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah? Is it the Bay Area? Where, where are you getting the most disruption from? Well, we know the names, don't we? I mean, the four corner schools were you know, on, on the Big 12's plate initially in July when uh, USC and UCLA happened. Uh, I think some combination of those could be in there, but you have to remember if if there's a crack in the solidarity or a weakness or any of these other schools leave, I think Oregon and Washington have to look out for their best interests. And what does that mean? Look, they I know Washington has been in touch with the Big Ten, and it's been quite a few months since they have been. So they're interested. The question there would be, is, is the Big Ten interested in them? And I think since sure. the departure of Kevin Warren, I don't think they are. So I think for for Oregon and, and Washington, I think these are these are dicey times. Um, you know, do they would they want to give the Big Twelve a call? Uh, the Big Twelve would welcome them in with open arms. That's the two best uh, football brands left in that league. It's not Utah, Colorado, Arizona, or Arizona State. It's those two, and the Big Twelve would absolutely love it. Let me say this again because that's what we're talking. Brett Yormark wants a presence in in the. Pacific time zone, whether it's Gonzaga, whether it's any of the schools we just talked about to fill out his Saturday football roster, have games, big 12 games from noon, three 30 prime time, then late night, basically 10, 10 30 Eastern time, which the big 10 and the SEC don't even have. So the big 12 would have that if they can do that, um, you know, do, do some more expansion. Is there a time frame that you're anticipating if expansion is to occur with the Big 12? Like what what type of a time frame are we dealing with? Does it, does it have to well, be done the yeah. next two years? Yeah, I, I think it would happen uh, sooner rather than later because, again, I think he, Brett Yormark's waiting to see what the Pac-12 deal is. I think the Pac-12, I have been saying for a while, I think it's gonna, they're going to do a deal in the first quarter, which would mean right about um, – or the first third of the year, right about the the final four, uh, April 1st, thereabouts. And so they would just wait and go back from there because now they've got a deal first. You know, the problem with the big, with the PAC 12 is they may be doing this backwards. They may be expanding first and then presenting the 12 to whatever entity is going to to buy this or bid on this, which is very uh, highly um, 
irregular in this yeah. sort of thing. I, I, I can't think of another conference that has done that. Um, they've all been had contracts in place. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be sooner rather than later. It was described to me that Brett Yormark wants to be very aggressive in this in this stance. Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports does a fabulous job covering college football. Is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Dennis, let's say the Pac-12 does add San Diego State and SMU. Should they feel safe at that point? That uh, you're talking about the Pac-12? Yeah, just yeah. Let's say yeah, the Pac. Should they feel safe? Uh, if yeah, they I don't get know. I don't know words, yeah, I mean, I don't know if the word is safe. I mean, as I told you, I think that's what they have to be at right now to satisfy let's say a streamer who maybe is look, looking for more inventory than value, because right now in the industry, I keep being told that uh, these streaming giants, they want tier one content. Okay. What is tier one content? Well, it's Thursday night football. It's the NFL. Um, even you, you can even look at the Apple deal with MLS, not exactly a, a front burner sport, but they bought it for 10 years. Um, they're going all in and trying to cultivate that sport. College football has not been done uh, in any way at all in a big streaming uh, space yet. ESPN Plus is doing it. They're trying to grow that, grow that subscription base. And don't be surprised if, if a bunch of Pac-12 stuff shows up there. But they've only got 24 million subscribers. Mm. And that's about double what the Pac-12 networks had alone. I don't think anybody in that conference wants to put most of their stuff um, on on streaming, but that's what I'm told. It would be significantly more than 50% of their games, whether it's 75 or 90, on a streaming giant, whether it's Amazon, Apple, ESPN+. Plus. Um, so to say, would, would they be satisfied with that? I think the word is, would they survive with that? And that's what they're being told right now, that they have to yeah. I know it's very difficult to project how much a streaming deal would be worth and assessing the moving parts in the Pac-12. We've learned that the Big 12 is essentially going to be a little under $32 million per school, which frankly is really good with losing Texas and Oklahoma. What do you anticipate the number will be for from the Pac-12? Well, I think the fact that it's lasted this long is why we don't know. Um, I think the projections have been 30 to 35 million. I'm being told by some that that's optimistic. Mm. I was told by some it was as low as 21 million. And they again, the reason why this is extended out so far is now the Pac-12 considering expansion first or expansion at all, instead of doing a deal with just 10 teams because they're finding out the value in, in a a, an atmosphere where, you know, you have one school of thought where, well, they're, they're the only major conference on, on, you know, that's, that's left a bit on, well, guess what? The streamers don't care. You know what else is left a bit on? Uh, you see a, a UFC um, NASCAR. I think the NBA contract is coming up. So they're not, they're not looking at this as the last college football buy. They're looking at, well, here's the tier one content. I just, I just talked to you about, which is bigger and better than what you can get from the PAC 12. So Again, I don't think the, the the money is there that they want, and that's that's why they're extending out so far. So we'll see. I mean, that's an open-ended question. Great stuff again from Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports. Uh, we'll finish up with some Big 12 questions, Dennis. With the early departure of Texas and Oklahoma in 2024, how does that impact the landscape of college football? And primarily, how does it affect the Big 12 and their own stability? Yeah, no, it's, you look, I think both parties were motivated to get things done, get something done, uh, Texas and Oklahoma and the Big 12. 
they get a windfall of cash, $100 million that will uh, either be distributed to the members or used to entice uh, some teams in expansion or both. Uh, I think that's both on the table. So that's a win for the Big 12. Texas and Oklahoma didn't want to be here. We, we don't have to rehash that. We know that. They wanted to get out as soon as possible. Um, the next step for them is, I think, the SEC world is really interested to see how that schedule looks, the scheduling model, where I think the only thing we know for sure right now is that, um, you know, right now you have a, a an uneven schedule where a team like Georgia has never visited Texas A&M. That's what been over 10 years since they've been, gotten in the league. So I think wow. what they've said is every uh, of the 16 teams, every team is going to be on each other's campus at least once in a four-year period, which is huge with 16 teams. That's almost mind-boggling that you could accomplish <laughs> something like that in football. But that and maybe uh, one division in the SEC, I think every FBS conference is eventually going to do that. So that's the thing there. And then we will be following with uh, – with sort of a soap opera's interest as to how they do uh, in football in, in Texas and Oklahoma. And they, they certainly won't be running the roost in, in the SEC. We know that like they did in the Big 12. So, no, I, you know, for the Big 12, it's onward and upward. They, in 2024, they will have, indeed, the Big 12 indeed will have 12 teams for the first time in, in 10 years, unless there is expansion. <laughs> hey, we might as well get to the actual number at some point. Right. That's a great point you bring up. Um, and then I, I want to finish with this. Do you feel like Brett Yormark and the Big 12 settled in any way with their TV contract because they were in such a hurry to lock things in? Well, I, I think I don't think they settled. I, again, I think there's a school of thought like, oh, they took less money just so they could get a deal done. Look, it was the deal that made sense for both sides. And there was no um, look again. What was out there was streaming about to take off, but not here yet that that number was going to be bigger if they let this contract run out. So they took what they could get. And I think the biggest piece of it, they're getting more money than with these 12 schools than they did with Texas and Oklahoma. That still boggles my yeah. mind. Yeah. Where 31.66 million average per year, the conference, you know, the people I talk to in the conference think with NCAA uh, college football playoff revenue, with NCAA tournament revenue, with bowl revenue, that they're going to come out something close to $50 million per year. And if wow. you would have told people that again in July of 2021, that that was going to happen, you would have been laughed out of the room. So I think they're in pretty good shape. I mean, if we're going to talk about taking less for the dollar, I wonder where the Pac-12 is going to sit at right now. Um, Brett Yormark had a vision. He attacked it. He went early. I think it's going to pay off. And, oh, by, and by the way, it was a short-term deal. What was yeah. it? Six or seven years. So it's it's not a fifteen year deal like the ACC saddled with. So he, it's gonna it's very nimble. They're gonna come out of that uh, with a value at the time that's gonna be you know bigger than it is now. There's this strange race to be the third strongest power five yeah. conference. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but it's there, right? Yeah, it's it's all, since realignment again started. This version in 2010 there's always been this you know, what if, you know, who's number three, who's number five. Look, it's for a time, it was always going to be the big 12 or the pack, the pack 12 is the fifth conference. That's just the way it worked out. Well, now the ACC signed that long-term deal. They're going to be last. Um, but does it really matter? Don't we know that the, <laughs> the big 10 and the SEC are the two most powerful conferences and none of this is going to change that. 
Now, have they have they never been richer? Yes, that's that's true. But none of that was going to change it, you know, in, in this process. Fascinating stuff. Dennis, how can college football fans and certainly BYU fans who I know love to read your stuff find more of your material? Oh, it's really easy. Uh, CBSSports.com. Uh, there, uh, most every day during the season, and then uh, obviously in the off season with this kind of stuff. All right, Dennis, I'm sure we're going to be bothering you again when we get to the actual games and we're trying to figure out how many games BYU should be projected to win. So think about that, and we'll come back to you in a few months. Would love to talk football. Thanks. Thanks, Dennis. He's a class act, an incredible college football writer, and he is very much in the nitty-gritty details of college football expansion and realignment. A couple of things that really stood out to me in that conversation, Jerem, yesterday were first and foremost – Going back and doubling down on the fact that it's not just $31.66 million per school in the Big 12, even after Texas and Oklahoma leave, with NCAA tournament money and the other funds that go into that from March Madness, along with bowl game revenue, he is projecting upwards of close to $50 million per school. That's the number that was put out. Yeah. 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 So... I I, I remembered that, but it it was nice to hear that again, that, you know, Brett Yormark didn't necessarily settle for $31.66 million per school, That's which is still... That's the TV contract yeah. primarily. There are other things, like you said, that go into... Uh, apparently, there's $19 million bucks per school out there of other stuff. There's a lot there. Also, he said the Pac-12 at first was saying, hey, we'll get to 12 teams. We want $500 million, you know, and so... Or, sorry, $50, $50 million per school. And he said... You know, they were essentially laughed out of the room like that. There's no way that's going to happen. Now he's saying they're hoping for somewhere close to what the Big 12 is getting between 30 to 35 million per year. But he's heard as low as low 20s, which you have to wonder, like, okay, why is the Pac-12 really in a good spot? I mean, we'll talk about it in a minute in the whip. It is in a good spot. When they say everything's fine. We're having like we're having conversations with our partners. That to me screams like we're actually in trouble. But this is just to kind of put out a fire for right now until we can figure it out. We're going to read the statement coming up uh, in the whip that they made. Uh, the statement tells me they're in trouble. Like, if they were fine, they wouldn't need to respond. But there's been so many reports that they aren't, that they felt like they needed to answer. it. Sometimes the best thing is to not say anything. Mm. Yeah. yeah the, the meme with the dog sitting in a room that's on fire comes to mind. This is fine. Yeah, and it's to try and keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, I get it. Okay, Thursday night, men's hoops play Santa Clara. Big game. Cougars fighting for uh, seating in Vegas, of course. Top four seed, potentially maybe five. Hopefully not six. We've got a full hour of pregame coverage starting at 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Football X's and O's with corn dogs and cougar tails. Who's hungry? And what the heck are we even talking about here? We'll explain next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jeremiah I'm Spencer. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Now let's whip it! Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. As mentioned yesterday afternoon, the Pac-12 issued the following joint statement. The 10 Pac-12 universities look forward to consummating successful media rights deals in the very near future. Based upon positive conversations with multiple potential media rights partners over the past few weeks, we remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and united in our commitment to one another. Is this the most there's nothing to see here statement ever in front of a burning building? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I just I don't feel like the Pac-12 needed to do this unless there actually was something wrong. Like, there's there's a problem people are worried like 
did the conference feel like they needed to do this because there were because athletic the athletic directors has and, been reporting and people, the athletic. Yeah, like yeah. yeah there there are articles out there and so it's like well it, it just seems defensive like, oh no no we're it's good we're good we're good yeah i don't think they needed to do this because now it just casts a more negative light on them i think by releasing that statement yeah they, they, obviously uh you know what kind of deal they get how much it's worth is it worth it for Oregon and Washington to stay in the league? Is it better for them to perhaps bounce for the Big 12? Do they still think that the Big 10 is an option? Are the four corners in play for the Big 12 at that point? Does it become Mountain West Plus if they leave? There's a lot of questions still to be answered about that league. Big 12 feels like it's in a better spot than it was pre-TV deal because uh, they got that locked up and perhaps are enticing enough at some point if it doesn't work in the Pac-12 for some of those schools. Uh, I think that the point that Dennis Dodd brought up is pretty apt, and that is if you're going to SMU and San Diego State potentially as a way to lock in a better deal. Inventory. It's just, you just need games now. So like, yeah, over, it's inventory over quality and that's never a good position to be in. So I'm, I'm highly intrigued to see what they do and what type of a streaming deal they get. And in the end, this is a BYU Rashita thing for Cougar fans and youth fans. That's what it is. <laughs> I don't care what the Pac-12 does, but we all do as it pertains to BYU and Utah and those kinds. Strangely, Big 12 fans are in on it too. It's Big 12 versus Pac-12. Yeah. It's not just BYU versus Utah. More than a truck stop, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Jerem, you're super excited about this, I'm sure. I love this next one. NIT Bracketology. Oh, it's my favorite thing this time of year. Currently projects BYU making the NIT as an unseeded team, mind you. They would face Utah, speaking of BYU-Utah, in their opening round game. Is this a realistic best case scenario for BYU basketball's postseason? No, we've already seen this game. BYU won it. Uh, I would prefer a P6 game like USC, Michigan, Wake Forest, Florida, Wisconsin uh, would be more interesting. So one of those other teams yeah. that's on the bubble like, that aren't going like to get Like if it. I told you BYU played at Michigan in the uh, NIT, awesome. that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be I'm more game. interested in that than BYU-Utah, especially up in the Huntsville. And that's that's realistic, right? Yeah, BYU is an unseeded, so like five, six, seven, You're or eight You're going on seed. the road to a top four seed. Yeah, give, give me somebody in the Big Ten. That'd be a fun game. In a recent interview, Andy Reid said the name of the player that scored twice for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl is Corndog. Mm -hmm. Great uh, Ryan Shoop and the Rubber Band song. Should BYU have a cougar tail play, and what should it be? Uh, yes. In fact, do they? Do we know that they don't have a play called Cougar Tail? There's some fun images on some of the play call boards. <laughs> We're going to have to ask Aaron yeah. Roderick about this. Maybe they already have one in play, but if I were to pick Cougar Tail as a play, it would be that double reverse flea flicker that A-Rod has run three or four times that typically ends up in a big play or a touchdown. Boise State uh, was a good one. You know, it wasn't A-Rod, but before that, Wisconsin. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think it should be the Philly special, the throwback to the quarterback. The throwback to the yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Really yeah. Cougar tail. Yep. Cougar tail. All like right. It. Or some wheel route or something just for the tail. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen to Men's Hoops for Santa Clara on BYU Radio Thursday night. Pre-game starts at 8 Eastern with Cougar pre-game live. It's a super top five Valentine's Tuesday as we share more love and look back at Cougars in the biggest of football games and their triumphs. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. Hope you're enjoying your Valentine's Day. It is 
a top five Tuesday on top of the holiday, featuring the top five Super Bowl wins involving at least one BYU Cougar. Jerem, start us off. Number five, Super Bowl 43. This featured the Steelers with Chris Elk and Brett Keese will be the Cardinals 27-23, who had Aaron Francisco defending in the back of the end zone when Antonio Holmes got an incredible toe-tapping touchdown with 35 seconds left to win. Number four, let's rewind all of two days for this classic. Super Bowl 57 last Sunday, Eagles Chiefs, where Andy Reid earns his second Super Bowl victory as a head coach. Reid's offensive prowess producing an amazing second half comeback against Philly. Andy and his genius second half game plan rallied the Chiefs to glory. I have a question though, was Andy Reid the real MVP of this game? It was the MVC. Number three, Super Bowl 29. Steve Young's all-time performance against the Chargers. Still a record six touchdown passes, 325 passing yards, 49 rushing yards. Super Bowl MVP, first and only Coog to do that. Got the proverbial monkey off his back after backing up Joe Montana for so many years. Bart Oates was the starting center on that team as well. Five former Cougars played for the 49ers in that game? That's incredible. Really? I only had two. Who were the other three? Let's, let's look into that. Okay. Number two, Super Bowl 54, more Andy Reid. His first Super Bowl victory, the Chiefs again overcoming a double-digit second-half deficit, this one in the fourth quarter specifically, to beat Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers with their stifling defense. All-Pro Fred had an interception for the Niners, but the Chiefs outscoring San Francisco 21-0 in the fourth quarter to seal the epic victory. Seal the deal and number one. Super Bowl 51, the Patriots engineered the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history, down 28-3. Kyle Van Noy was traded from the Lions that season to the Patriots, benefited as well as recording a sack in the game. The Patriots won 34-28 in overtime. 28-3. Crazy. You're down 28-3 late in the third quarter. Unbelievable. You win that game. It was amazing. Wild. If you miss any of our BYU TV sports interviews, shows, games, Deep Blues, you can watch them on the BYU TV app. Download it. Hey, it's free. Or BYUSN.com. All on demand. Up next, think about this during the break. Who are your Big 12 football schedule valentines? McKay Who's Jacob number one? McKay Jacobson. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Hey, we're live. If we're not live, then we are definitely on demand. If you're hearing uh, or seeing this, download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps, and you can subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast version as well. Our question of the day on Valentine's Day which game is your true Valentine in the Big 12 football schedule? Which for one's BYU? your false Valentine? Who do you love the most? Chris P. Nick on Twitter says, as a non-Utah-based fan. Chris P. Nick, nice. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's got to be the game I can go to. So see y'all in Austin on October 28th. Hashtag yeah. the Taysom Leap. Yeah, that's great. Texas, Coug Texas Cougs have a few options this the, year. The only real bad thing about going to the Big 12 is sort of the West Coasters, uh, which are a huge part of the alumni base. I, I would guess outside of Utah that, like, obviously the Pacific time zone would be where the most BYU fans kind of are pocketed. They're all over the country. But, I mean, like, if you took time zone, yeah. right, a lot in the East Coast, Central time zone, obviously, Mount there are a lot of in the Pacific time zone. They And having lived there, I, I, I guess I've – feel for them, is they lose BYU coming to their town more often. In Independence, 
there are Pac-12 games there. Um, there's not going to be Pac-12 games on the schedule outside of Utah. There's not going to be Pacific time zone games very often anymore for BYU. But this will all change when but, Oregon and Washington join the Big 12 or Stanford <laughs> and Cal. Yes, it could. Absolutely. Um, hopefully that happens, uh, you know, and then BYU goes back there. But BYU is going to grow some spots where it used to be historically. Just a couple of stops, obviously, in the pioneer age. But if you look at one place where BYU and its brand, and even the church, frankly, can develop even more, it's central time zone where BYU is about to go quite a bit. There are a couple of eastern time zone schools, of course, um, in Cincinnati, West Virginia, and uh, UCF. But it's exciting to sort of go into this new area and see what happens with those fans. And sure. I know there have been fans in the Central Time Zone who have waited for something like this, and now they get the chance to see the Kooks um, come to their town in all the sports. It's not just football. It's not just men's basketball. It's women's soccer and women's volleyball and baseball and softball and so on that will benefit from this as well. The Midwest and the Southwest and our Pacific Time Zoners can always just fly into Provo and watch games. Yes. You're welcome here. We love you guys, too. <laughs> I'm just feeling for my in-laws yeah. in Portland, all yeah. the 503 Well, again, Washington and Oregon, when they join, it's all good. That would it's be awesome. Our elite voice of the day presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated. At Set Bobo on Instagram says, Oklahoma it will be a short-lived wait, relationship. Wait, wait, wait. If you're going to go there, go oh, there. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. It will be a short-lived relationship, a fling with an old on-again, off-again sweetheart. <laughs> But it will be fun and make for a great senior night. Hashtag BYU. Yeah, I'm not sure we had that kind of relationship. <laughs> but, but that's fun. Today's rise Every now and, then. and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Goes to you, our, uh, our fans. We love you. Th thanks for watching the show, being with oh, us. Yes. We just finished our 10th football season in September. It's going to be 10 years uh, for the show. We're stoked, man. Nice shirt, by the way. Thank you. Full of... Full of roses. It's like the it's it's the one shirt that is hol the one the holiday shirt. specific outside of my BYU Christmas sweater. It's the one, it, but where do you put it? Is it in the? It's does in it hang closet. up all year, it's or is the, it like it, in a bin no, where no, you're it, like, oh yeah, I gotta pull it out? It hangs. It hangs up all. It year. hangs up all year. All year. Anxiously awaiting this day. <laughs> I can't help myself. Got to keep it readily available. All right, our thanks to you today's guest. You really one day. Dennis Dodd of CBS Words. You never know. I might wear it another day. Who knows? Sorry, dude. I hit our camera. <laughs> For Jeremiah Sorry Spencer, shout out to Jacob Hatch, <laughs> former linebacker from Lovell, Wyoming. Not the media member? See you tonight for BOA Basketball with Mark Pope on the BOA TV app. Go Cougs. Not Jake Hatch? Or no.